Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to All Stats, aren't we? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Elland Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm John McKenzie. We're certainly looking at him, but he's not top of our list. And finally, we are very much in the running for him and we want to make it happen. Despite AC Milan's interest, it's only Josh Hobbs. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Um, been a little bit, um, been a little bit ill last few days, so my voice is a bit croaky, so apologies if I'm spluttering all over this uh, recording but good to be on lots of stuff's going on yeah lots of stuff is going on uh, we're recording <laughs> this on tuesday lunchtime ish and tyler adams is due in to do a medical at some point today so that's looking like it's going to happen but um, there are plenty of other things going on we've been linked to lewis sinistera um i'm not entirely sure what the position is on that but we can talk about that in a minute and then obviously there's the the Charlotte Decatelara stuff and other things going on as well. So in this episode, we are going to talk about all of that stuff, do a little bit of scouting work on both Adams and Sinistera, and um, yeah, generally talk about the the activity of the window. But before we do that, I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about what is going on with the club's comms because there's a lot of stuff coming out at the moment. There's obviously the whole Mohamed Kamara stuff that was going going around. Um, and yeah, it's, it seems as though the club are leaking a lot at the moment. So uh, interested in your thoughts on the way that we've approached this window from a sort of communications point of view. Yeah, I think with, um, with Mo Kamara, I think that, that one's kind of, it kind of for a few people, it's going to leave them disappointed about Tyler Adams because he's a, a bit of a less exciting player than Kamara. But I, I don't know if it's the club's fault in terms of hyping up Kamara because I don't think they necessarily ever put it out there as like we are all the way in for for Kamara um it was a bit more like it's always been that the the journalists have said like Leeds like Tyler Adams and if anything the the journalists this side of things I would say have always suggested that Adams is the one that they've been more likely to do because they've always said they they do also like Kamara but he's more expensive um whereas you know it's been twitter that's kind of made um kamara sound like the one that was more likely to happen not the actual 
media, so to speak. It's basically Big Don Mitchell on uh, <laughs> on Twitter just telling everyone that Leeds are signing um, Kamara, and that's doesn't seem to be happening. But I think uh, Dikita Lara, if that doesn't come through, uh, which I I would say we both think it feels unlikely. But we would have said beforehand, like, well, it did, that's never going to happen. But then I think Radrazani seems to have put it out to Fabrizio Romano and then he's pushed it. And then Phil started reporting on it, The Athletic. And the more the reports were happening, the more you start to think, oh, maybe this isn't as unlikely as we thought. And then suddenly it's like, and now Milan are bidding and it makes it look like Leeds won't get him. I think in that case, the club have made a mistake. Um in trying to sort of put out the information about an exciting target because now all it does is whoever we get instead of him is going to be a little uh, less exciting. Whereas I think if we'd have just been in for whoever was going to be the number one target, um, then we would probably feel better about it. How much of this do you think is to do with the fact that Rafinha keeps rumbling on the Rafinha saga? I think it's a huge part of it because I I think maybe they thought they had a good chance to get the Kitalara if they could go quickly um whilst Milan weren't quite deciding what they were doing Leicester's interest seems to be genuine but also not active so I think if we were active we could have got him although he could have just done what Rafinha's done with Chelsea and been like well you know thanks for the bid but also I'm waiting for the team that I actually want to join so that might not have worked, but it, I think it might have given us a better chance at least. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to talk about Decatelara at the end of the podcast, but I think it's probably the best place to talk about him here at this point. So uh, as you've mentioned, it does look as though there's going to be a bit of a bidding war over him now. I think there was a few more clubs that were mentioned this morning who are starting to sniff around. Yeah, so saw Arsenal and Lyon both mentioned. Yeah, and both clubs that so it sort of makes sense for, for him to go to. So yeah, in terms of... The expectation you have now that we are going to get Decatur Lara is presumably pretty low. Yeah, yeah, I think I I would say now I'd be I would be shocked if we got in got him now. And so from that point onwards, then what's your expectation from the the position that we were trying to fill with Decatur Lara? Did you see him as being a striker option, and then do you have any idea of like who the other options are going to be? He's not who I thought we would be in for. Obviously. For those listeners that heard our Autos List episode, we mentioned him as a, as an option that could be looked at. But we said two reasons why we didn't have him like as our choice. And one was, well, we probably won't be able to get him in the first place. And two, he's probably a bit more of an attacking midfielder. However, I think Leeds seemed to like him because he was sort of a very complete option who could basically play any of the attacking roles that that Jesse Marsh wants in either the four triple two or in the four two three one. Uh I think anybody else that we go for will probably just be a number nine. Uh I don't think there are other players out there who are as rounded, as technically gifted uh as he is, uh, that we could possibly get. Like if you go back to the link that we had before the Kitalaro, it was um Arno Calimwendo uh, from PSG and he's much more of, of a pure number nine I think he's played the odd game on the left but but really he, he's a striker who wants to kind of mostly run in behind 
he'll do a bit of dropping in to receive the ball here and there but he mostly wants to stretch the last line um that's what I expect more especially as before that there was the talk of Inketia, and that's obviously what he is as well mm. Cody Kakpo is another player that we've been linked with are you seeing him as probably the the higher option than Sinistera I think so I think Hakpo obviously can can play on the left and he can play up front and I think that was one of the things that I liked about him also knowing the fact that he has experience playing in four triple two I kind of doubt that he will be now the one that we're going for as a striker although I do wonder if the reason why we went for Sinistera over Hakpo was because we maybe didn't have the cash come in that we were hoping for because Rafinha's not been sold yet. So we went for that sort of slightly lesser option and we were going to wait to spend big uh, on the Kitalara. So maybe if we thought, oh, well, we, we've got a bit more money, we can now go for Hakpo because, again, he can play in various positions. But I wouldn't say he's as rounded. He's a bit more of like a drive-with-the-ball type player, even if he does play up front whereas with um Dikita Lara he can play a lot more competently back to goal mm. and so if we assume that Tyler Adams is is all done and Sinistero is coming and that we're looking for a striker are there any other areas where you think that we might see incomings in the rest of the window I think after that it maybe depends on what happens with with any other outgoings like um, it's going around Twitter again today because it's there's something in the in the Newcastle athletic piece but there's more talk about them wanting Harrison and if if they were to pay a huge fee for him uh, which is the only way I think we would let him go then I think we would need to make another attacking signing uh, otherwise I I just expect it to be uh, the the goalkeeper to come late on um, and yeah I think we know that Roberts is likely to go but I have a feeling we just won't replace him and we'll just be saying well Joe Gelhart and Sam Greenwood are now like players that are higher up the hierarchy in the first place so they'll just take the minutes that he had if Rodrigo went I think maybe we would replace him as well and we've obviously talked about left back but I think it sounds like we think Leo Hielde is, is going to play there um, so mm. yeah that's that's all I think we would probably all feel a little bit more comfortable if we brought in a more experienced left back, but I think that's not going to be what happens. Well, let's move on to the players who we are pretty convinced are going to end up at the club. So Tyler Adams, we mentioned, is heading over for a medical today. So all being well, he will be a Leeds United player next season. So Tyler Adams, I think most people will probably have a good sense of. We've talked about him a fair amount anyway, but uh, a player who came through the New York Red Bull system, uh, ended up making the step up to RB Leipzig in Germany, um, and yeah, has had an interesting time there. I note that he's not really, he's not had more than 30 appearances in the in the league um, in, in any season, I think, apart from one with the um, New York Red Bull. So uh, a player who hasn't played a full amount of, uh, of games for a, for a club, but um, yeah, that's the, that's the sort of context for him. He's obviously a United States international player as well um do you want to give us just a quick scout report on on tyler adams yeah i think he's a he's a funny one is adams because it feels like a lot of people decided that he was awful um which i didn't really understand um he's he's not particularly big like i think i didn't check what his height is but he's quite short i would say but he's very um i think he's quick and strong 
Uh, it covers a lot of ground, uh, and he will he will come in and replace Phillips as the sort of the ball the primary ball winner. But as we've talked about before, uh, I think in this double pivot, I think we will see the ball like the ball winner being ahead of the um, of the ball player um, in that too. So you kind of have um, Rocker dropping um, a bit deeper to take the ball uh, in build up and, and spray it around play it forwards into zone 14 and you'll have Adams basically charging around pressing. Um, obviously, they will cover primary sides of the pitch. I think we'll see Rocker more on the left and, and Adams more on the right. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing that he's coming to do uh, is press a lot um, from, from central midfield. We know that he is sort of a... Um, he's a marsh man, if <laughs> that's a way to to put it uh in that he's played for him um in in every um team that Marsh has, has managed apart from uh, Salzburg um so we know that he's going to know the system be that the the 4 triple 2 the 4 2 3 1 or or the 3 4 3 um i think he can he's going to play the role exactly as Marsh wants um and he's going to be super fit to do that because he's sort of got that sort of like whip it like um body shape uh and the way that he moves um on the ball i think is is where people have the bigger concerns and i do understand that he's not uh incredibly exciting on the ball he's quite basic in what he does in terms of passing uh, he's not gonna switch the ball uh, like people love to see uh, Phillips do, uh, although I don't know that we'll do that that much in in this way of playing anyway. Um, but I think he's a better ball carrier uh, than Phillips, um, and I think he 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 has some level of press resistance. He's not like Mo Kamara, who I think just had such good agility and used his body so well, um, and he can be a little bit lax in terms of if he's receiving it um facing his own goal i i've noticed a few times uh where he does get caught um by by opposition midfielders pressing him and he can make mistakes there and that's obviously something to be a little bit more concerned about um but i think we'll primarily be going to rocker in in build up so hopefully it won't be too much of an issue yeah and i suppose if you were to look at this transfer without any of that context that we've had with Mokamara behind it, you would just say this is a Phillips like for light replacement pretty much for around half the price. So that's a good deal. Yeah, I, I think so because I think, I mean, we know that this um, view isn't incredibly popular, but I don't think either of us thinks beyond the, the long passing that Phillips could play out wide that he's particularly great on the ball. I think that his because of that glamorous type of pass there is that sort of overratedness that's not the right phrase but he gets overrated because of that in terms of how he can play with the ball i and with adams because he doesn't have that it's like oh what can he do with the ball well i think the thing he does better is carry it um and yeah it's a good price as i said i think it getting him and waiting for money from Rafinha, I think, is supposed to mean that we can spend more money on the final exciting signing. But who that's going to be now, we, we don't really know. But yeah, significantly cheaper than Kamara. 
I think it's worth saying as well, I think more upside in the Marsh system in terms of like the on the ball stuff, because as you've already said, playing driven balls into channels cross field isn't particularly useful for a marsh system this is much more about ball carrying getting the ball forward into into those dangerous areas the the zone 14 as you've talked about it and and just being able to gain territory Mm -hmm. almost just by getting the ball in, in into these more advanced areas in central spaces and in that sense adams is going to fit this system much better than phillips ever would right yeah i think so um and i think i think he will turn around some of the uh opinions that that are made before uh they've ever seen him play really because i think he he certainly has the kind of attitude that i think a lot of leeds fans will like um he's that kind of really hard-working industrious player um and i think it's in a position where his role isn't such that he has to be incredibly technical Obviously, we don't want to have a, a a double pivot of just pure workhorses. Um, but if Rocker is next to him, or if it's I don't know Forshaw or Phillips is next to him, then I uh, sorry Forshaw <laughs> Click is next to him. Then you've got players that can play with the ball a little bit more. So I think that makes it that makes it okay. Yeah, I think it's just knowing what the expectation uh, is of him and. Yeah, we we're now playing two in in the deeper position rather than one, so the the attributes will be different. Is it worth maybe having a bit of a conversation about the more rounded option that we were thinking about in Mo Kamara? Um, and I think this is all tied up with this idea of, as we've just said, like Adams fits the Marsh system well, um, but there are obviously uncertainties about what the future of the club will look like in terms of the tactical identity um, should Jesse Marsh ever leave. Um, so what are your thoughts on like having a more rounded option? Like, What do you think that the benefits of having a player like Mo Kamara would have been? And do you think it's simply that actually in the long term you end up with a better player in your squad? Or do you think there would have been any sort of tangible differences right now? Well, I have to say that I'm, I'm surprised that Marsh would prefer to have Adams unless it's almost that he knows him more and so it's like I this is my guy like this is my guy who I've worked with for for a lot of years and I, and I really um respect him as a person and I know that he'll give all of this and so on um because he's obviously managed both players like he he did manage Kamara uh, at Salzburg as well although not for as long a time as as he's managed uh, Adams so I think he would know that Kamara is is the better footballer um so it's it's either that is the reason in that he's sort of gone for personal reasons over footballing ability or it's that they just decided well this is our best like we've weighed it all up and in terms of value like this is the best deal Adams is a better deal than than Kamara even if we think Kamara is a is a better player um and we also have other transfer business to do, so we we can't blow uh, the budget on this one player when we think it's more important to spend elsewhere. That's my theory. I can't know it for sure, but I would agree that it's better to have that option who is, um, like Kamara's able to do all the ball-winning stuff, but he's also able to bring a lot more on the ball. I obviously would like that, uh, and I do think that he would be a much better player in a different system as well in the future. Like if he goes to Brighton 
Uh, I see Kamara like tearing it up there. I think he'll really, really fit them. Um, but I also don't necessarily think that Adams under someone else is going to suddenly be trash. Like I think he'll still be fine because I think you see quite you see quite a lot of double pivots where you have one player that's more of the the ball winner and the carrier, and you have the other one that's more of the of the ball player. It's quite a fairly like common thing to see. Mm. Another area that we should talk about with Adams is that he does he has had injury concerns through his time. I don't know the extent of those injury concerns. I should probably look them up on transfer marked while you're answering this question. But um I, I'm also just looking through the minutes he got last season and he wasn't a particularly regular player in any sense for, for Leipzig last year. Um do you have any thoughts on on that aspect of it? The the fact that it seems as though he'd fallen out of favour a little bit at Leipzig? Well I think Tedesco definitely didn't like him as much as so he didn't play as much after Marsh went, basically is is the way that I Sorry, I think you see more of his starts uh, came in the first half of the season. Um, and But, I mean, he did play a bit as well under um, under Julian Nagelsmann previously, so it's not like he wasn't... Uh, he's, he's only got game time under Marsh. Um, so I, I think that doesn't worry me too much. Like, I think in one sense it's quite good that he's... <laughs> He's not been like burnt out by last season, considering how many of the players that we we have who basically got run into the ground last season. Um, I'm actually looking at his in- injury record right now, and it feels like the longer um, breaks that he's had have come a few seasons ago. Uh, so last season he had like two separate um, injuries that were just for two games each. Uh, and any any longer ones have been like back in nineteen twenty and and eighteen nineteen kind of kind of thing. So I I don't worry about that too much. But there are I mean you can see that adductor problems comes up a few times. So maybe that's something to be aware of. And yeah, that's the main thing you can see there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, let's move on to talk about Luis Sinistera. Um, he is a player who... I'm just going to pull up his... Um, Wikipedia page actually because I, I realised I haven't done this just googled Wikipedia rather than Lewis Sinisteria <laughs> which was not helpful um, but Lewis Sinisteria is a, a player who currently plays at Feyenoord in, in the Eredivisie he is a Colombian player he is 
23 years old. He's only ever played before that at a, at a Colombian club called Once Caldas. That's probably not how you pronounce it. Probably Onche Caldas. Um, so I'm just uh, exposing myself as a fraud here. But um, he's played for, for Colombia, the full team, uh, and for the youth systems as well. Really exciting player. Had a really good season this season for Feyenoord, particularly, I think, in the Europa League, which is where I came across him. Um, or maybe in the uh, the conference league as conference well. I think they league, dropped yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really exciting player who you, I know, have been doing a lot of watching of since the, the news broke. So yeah, quick scouting report on Sinistera. Yeah, so I'd, I did know him before um, because I'd, I've watched a fair bit of Fire Nord anyway. Um, but I, I've always sort of paid attention to him, but I've, I've often been like, looking at his teammate, uh, Orkin Kirchu, a little bit more. Um, so I kind of had in my head a little bit more of a, a player that's quite a lot like Rafinha, wants to play wide but on, on the opposite side uh, and then drift inside. But the more that I've been watching of him, I, I think that wasn't quite right. Um, I think he's a lot more comfortable inside the pitch um, than Rafinha actually is. And part of that is... Um, the way that he strides with the ball. If you watch Rafinha dribbling with the ball, he he really likes to like stretch his legs out uh, and sprint into space. I think if you watch Sinistera, he carries the ball quite a bit closer to him. His strides are a lot shorter um, and he kind of carries the ball quite close uh, to the opposition then nicks it away from them. And he will run into traffic quite a lot and dribble through several players. You won't see that as often with Rafinha because he likes to stretch out so much, uh, which is why I feel quite a lot better about this, actually, in terms of him um, playing in, in narrow ball, um, whereas we kind of know that it never really worked for Rafinha. And Rafinha looked better in the later games as Leeds sort of stretched the pitch again a bit more. Um, but I think as we expect Marsh to return to more of his... Uh, previous principles i think we'll see sinistera playing for leeds as more of like a uh left inside forward uh in, probably in uh four two three one or in that four triple two i think he'll be just behind the two strikers um playing in that sort of narrow left position coming inside to shoot with his left foot which is really uh, his right foot sorry he strikes the ball really well um he's small and, and agile but he has real strength to him like a good center of gravity he can't be knocked off the ball uh really easily uh, i think this is really exciting um it i wanted cody hackpo um because i sort of saw him as sort of a like a physical beast as well as um like an output guy and i thought that would help him with adapting to the premier league but I also think in a different way, Sinistera's attributes also look like they can fit well into the Premier League because I think he's he's so technically good with the ball that I think that shines at, at any uh, level. Uh, as long as you've got that thing that makes you elite quality, I, I think you can still adapt in, in the Premier League. Yeah, and I I think this is a really exciting signing as well. It's the sort of player that I think we would have wanted to see being linked to in the 
in the beginning of the window and so it's it's great to see this sort of thing coming through I, I do think that there's still that weirdness of like because we've been linked to so many fun exciting players that that when those really those sort of really top level elite players aren't coming through um a player like Sinistera maybe feels a little bit less um feels a little bit underwhelming I suppose but I do think that Sinistera is just a, an excellent player for the sort of team that we are right now um and I'll be happy if we make uh, signings like this throughout the rest of the windows the window and um yeah interesting hearing you talking about the way that he dribbles he reminds me a little bit of um Jack Grealish in terms of his dribbling uh, because he's he's one of those players who sort of likes to keep the ball back in his stance when he's carrying it forward almost and he, he likes to sort of tempt players in so he almost plays against the player uh, and and is going to go around them whereas I think um, Rafinha is a sort of player Rafinha does move the ball like that a little bit too but Rafinha is I think someone who can often beat players just through sheer athleticism as well um, which is why he probably thrives a little bit better in in, in open spaces whereas with, with Sinistera it's very much it's very much about being able to control the ball and being able to respond quickly to opposition players stepping in um, towards him um, so yeah I think that's 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 going to be interesting and it will be interesting to see how he fits into into the system as you've said I suppose my question would be is that like I, whilst I agree that the style of play that um, you're talking about does suit does he does suit that style of play the 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 the, the Red Bull style of play um, it is very much still the case that he is a player who likes to play start out wide and come inside um, and I guess he wouldn't be doing that so much in our system so you've got any thoughts on the sort of I, I guess the portability between like being someone who's then going to be expected to pick the ball up in more central spaces I think he does do that um, but I do think that he does like to he, do, he either likes to move inside out or outside in he sort of likes those diagonal moments how do you think that he would fit into a more direct uh, approach yeah I think um, I've I've kind of looked out for this uh, when when watching him in the last day and a half, um, he definitely does receive it out wide, uh, or he receives in the middle and comes to out wide and then tries to attack the box uh, from from wide. Like that all happens, but I was careful to to look out for how often he would drift inside to come into the half space to receive the ball, even if it's just to bounce it back uh, to. Um, a midfielder or a defender and then get involved with the play again he does that a lot he's not sort of um pinned out wide uh and i think rafinha probably wanted to stay wide quite a bit more than i think sinistera wants to stay wide um and i think you know he's 23 he obviously has his um sort of traits and the way that he likes to move and receive the ball but i also think that he's at the point where he could still be drilled to do things differently in terms of where he moves and he has the technical quality to do that so I think it it might take a bit of work and I'm glad that it looks like we're going to sign him before we go off on tour so he's going to have time to to work on this through the summer and get up to speed in it Um, but I think I've seen him do it enough off of his own back or or in Arna Slot's Feyenoord um, system that he can do it so if he's told to do it, like, well, this is mostly what you're going to do. I don't think you'll have a problem with it. Mm. Uh, you mentioned at the end of your your sort of scouting spiel that that you're happy that he'll be able to make the step up um, 
but it, it is worth talking a little bit about that because I think that is one of the things that people do talk about, and especially I suppose this window where we've been signing players from maybe uh, leagues lower down the, the hierarchy of European football. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on on that aspect of it in terms of the step up? What are the things that you are thinking about when you're watching him in terms of trying to assess whether or not he would be able to make that step up? Well, I think there's a couple of things to be aware of here. One is that he's scored. 23 goals last season and I think something like 14 assists or something like that um and we need to remember that that's playing in one of the best teams uh both in the uh Eredivisie and in the uh the conference league um so that's a team that's expected to be winning games they're on top so they're able to get the ball to him in dangerous positions a lot more um we don't really know <laughs> how good we're going to be uh, in the Premier League next season yet, although I think it's safe to say that uh, we're more likely to be in the bottom half than we are in <laughs> going for for 10th or anything like that. Um, so I, we're not going to see him hit the same output anyway. But then you also need to consider that the Eredivisie um, is a much weaker league than the Premier League uh, and the style of league is different as well um in that the defenders are obviously a lot more physical than they are uh in their divisi so it's a different kind of um yeah different kind of defenders that you have to face so it involves having a more specific skill set i think that he's got that skill set um it's kind of not like he's a player that has only been uh been able to run in behind and so therefore if he comes up to face defenses that don't give space to run in behind he's not going to be able to do that because i think he's got enough skill to play in front uh, of of teams um but yeah it's just that thing that we, that gets talked about a lot obviously you know, john you made your video um on on the Bundesliga attacks for for Tifo, um, but and you sort of concluded in that video anyway that there's, it's more of a tax of just moving into the Premier League from whatever league you come to, uh, you come from, and it certainly has happened with other Eredivisie signings where they are putting up like massive numbers in the Eredivisie and then they don't uh, translate across. But I think for us, in terms of what his attributes are it's going to bring something different for us that we won't have once Rafinha's gone. Maybe he's not going to score 10 goals, but if he gets like, I don't know, like six, seven goals and gets five assists and we've got other goals coming from elsewhere, that will be good for us. Yeah, and I think, as I always say in these situations, it's well worth checking out his European performances because we know that he has performed well in Europe against different teams. Yeah. Uh, he's come up against some good sides from, from Europe, and so that should relax people a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I just literally watched um, the first leg of the Conference League semi-final, and that was against Marseille. So, like, yes, it's the Conference League, and I think some people have kind of written off that co- that tournament already, but personally, I think there's a lot of... Um, good stuff in that tournament a lot of good teams in that tournament Marseille qualified for the Champions League uh, in France um that's a, a a strong top 5 leagues team um and he scored and got an assist in that game it was an interesting one because uh, Marseille were quite on top in the game and he wasn't um in the game as much as you might like him to be but when he was in the game he was really really effective um 
he was dribbling uh, through players. Um, he made a really nice assist for Cyril Dessers with a back heel on the edge of the box. He he scored with a first time shot from a cutback from Reese Nelson. So I think there's a there is a an effective player in that I think would fit in kind of any of the top five leagues. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be carrying on watching some more, but uh, I think this is one that we we should be confident about being good. You always have to qualify it with that. You you kind of never know until you see it. Um, with these kinds of deals where players are moving from one league to another or a quite a different style team, but I think there's enough uh, of the attributes there that suggest a good fit for the team and for the league. Yeah, I guess um, Crescencio Somerville is a good example of that, right? In that we know exactly how good Somerville can be playing for the under-23s, and yet he's never managed to make that step up to to the Premier League in an, any convincing way. So it's, I think it's definitely worth Leeds fans thinking about that. I, I'm with you. I think that Sinister is going to be fine. The step up will be fine. But um, there, there does have to be that recognition that, that moving from one league to another can have that kind of massive impact on your output. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think with Somerville... I think the attributes are still there that he can do it, but uh, there's something with him where it, we haven't quite seen uh, the the confidence almost. This is what I keep saying with him is we haven't seen him play his same game that he plays in the under-23s, whereas we have seen Joffy play his same game after, um, like, I don't know, a short little adaptation period when he came on as a sub in the cup and when he came on as a sub against Southampton, couldn't really get in the game. And then in that Wolves game, there was like a light bulb moment where he took a shot and and it was pushed over the bar and suddenly he was like, hang on, I can affect this game. And then ever since then, he's been a player trying to make things happen. Don't think we've quite seen that with Somerville, but I think with Sinistera, I don't think you're going to see that same kind of, um, I don't know, crisis of confidence when he first comes in because he's already been playing in senior football for a long time. Okay, well, I think that brings us to the end of the players that we're considering. Um, but I am interested before we finish in terms of just a, maybe the big picture stuff now, like um, how are you feeling in general about the window? Because I think in many respects, it's been a good window so far. We've got players in early that we've needed to to bring in. I think there's always going to be the expectation that we could have brought in better players. Um, but I think that, again, over exaggerates perhaps the the sorts of players that we can bring in. Um and so I think when we get to the end of this window, we're going to have a a much stronger squad. We're going to have a much deeper squad and we're going to have a much broader squad um, in, in as much as we will have a lot more players to choose from. So you must be pretty happy with the, the window so far, yeah? Yeah, I, th- I think I feel pretty positive about it. I think the way I'll describe it is I think, I think we probably have brought the ceiling down a little bit. Um, I don't think we were going to be able to sell Rafinha and Phillips and and not see the ceiling of the squad come down a bit. But I think in the two players that are replacing them in, in Adams and in Sinistera, it, they're not gonna, it's not coming down hugely, I hope, but clearly we're bringing up the, the floor level of the squad. I think we're fleshing it out with a lot more, um, quality overall. So if Christensen is, is now first choice right back rather than, um, going to Shackleton if someone's injured you now probably go well now we've got Luke Ayling as as backup um with Forshaw I think we all felt that Forshaw did very well last season but I think he probably is 
more of a of a backup player in in the Premier League, uh, and he'll be good for us in in that regard. Click as a as a backup central midfielder, that's good. Um, we still need to see the striker situation sorted, and we obviously would like that to be sorted with someone really exciting who helps raise the bar again um, for the squad level. But yeah, I think that's the area where I still have a little bit of concern, just knowing how much we struggled last season if with Bamford injured. But I mean, hope, you know, we're hoping that's not going to happen again, but we can't like presume that that won't happen again. Um, but yeah, overall, um, a lot better. And I, I think the one that I'm sort of excited about um, is Rocker. I think I think he could be really good for us. We know that there's uh, going to be that adjustment to playing in the Premier League. Uh, we know that he hasn't played lots in the last few years, but if he can be the player that we think he he is, then uh, that could be a really astute signing for us. And then in terms of what you expect from the starting eleven when we go into the season, do you have any thoughts on what that's actually going to look like practically? I think how I'm seeing it at the moment, like we, we need to not take into account whoever might be the other striker. Um, but I think I'm seeing it as... Obviously, Melier's in goal, and it's going to be the back four of Christensen, and then it's between. I think the the four centre backs. I think it's hard to say who it's going to be, but I have a I have a feeling that this might be the time where Koch um, outs Urente. Um I hope that's what happens, but not hundred percent sure. Um, I think Cooper will continue to start a left centre back, but I think we could see Strauch sort of finally make that hit his position as the season goes on um junior Verpo is going to carry on at left back we'll see how that goes and then yeah I think we know the midfield too is most likely to be Rocker and and Adams and then it's it we've got options um ahead of that because I think you could see in the four triple two you could see Sinistera on the left and Harrison on the right or you could see Aronson playing either one of those two um there's James as as an option as well I think I would personally prefer him to just be the sub option um and then you've got Gelhart um and Rodrigo and Bamford as your striker options currently um with Gelhart and Rodrigo both able also to play as um as a 10 if it's a 4-2-3-1 as well as Aronson being able to do that as well so I think that we're able to be more flexible and we're also able to rotate more without seeing as much of a drop-off in quality. Um, and that's without even saying that we could also play with a three at the back because we've got the squad to do that as well. It'd be interesting to see if Marsh is more uh, flexible depending on opponents or or whatever we see. But I, I, my gut is that we'll see the four two, uh, four triple two more, but it's going to be interesting to see in this next week uh, or two uh, when the friendlies start happening what do we start to see yeah and it's worth saying i think that the four triple two and the four two three one are basically the same depending on the the player in the second striker position right the profile of that player and and you see them rotating like from one yeah, attack to, yeah. the, to the other like it will look like a, it will look like that diamond that a four that the front four of the four two three one can look like or it will look like the almost like the square of the four yeah. triple two. Yeah, and like. yeah, like you say, that, that diamond can come from, from the four two three one as well, right? With usually 
it will be the the more aggressive presser pushing forward a little bit. So it'll probably be Adams pushing forward and then Rocker sitting a little bit deep. Um, and yeah, there'll be flexibility in in possession as well. I think so. Lots of interesting things to to look forward to. I guess the first friendly game is this week. This the end of this week, right on Friday, I think against Blackpool. Well, I think it's Thursday. Th- I think it's Thursday okay. evening. Yeah, I think it's Thursday evening against Blackpool. So that would be interesting. So I presume that we won't really see the internationals. I mean, we may like they came back to training yesterday, but they had had testing for at least the first half a day, maybe the whole day. So I think perhaps they might not play, or they might just play. I don't know twenty minutes, half an hour. Um, so it'd probably be more the team that played in the behind-closed-doors game. Hmm. Yeah, and so that gives us some football to talk about in the next episode. Yeah, we will be back be good. next week. Um, and hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, classic John and Josh episode. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Josh, thanks for coming on. It's been great chatting, as always. Thanks, mate. And we'll see you all next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.